Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Um, what a beautiful sense of God's presence in our worship this morning, hey? As in, thank you, worship team, for serving us. Um, been a bit beautiful today. Um, hey, listen, as everyone has said, if you're new here, uh, we're, we're so glad that you're joining us today. And some of you are going, hey, I've been here for ages. I've never had a dinner with you. Um, two things. Uh, invite us and we will come. <laughs> to really make it happen, talk to my wife, though. Uh, I, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Alyssa will be like, you can't keep saying it. But, but honestly, we would love to spend time with people. Um, and so we've had a lot of catch-ups over the last few months, but we'd like to continue to do that. Um, and so um, let's make it happen. We'd love to spend time with as many people as we can in our church um, all the time. Um, and so that, that's what creates real relationships, realistically, uh, time together. Uh, we can't just speak about it and be like, hey, I'll see you next week. Uh, you know, it's something that we've got to invest into. So listen, as we kick off um, this relationship series, uh, we, we called it real relationships, but a lot of us are in relationships, but potentially they're not real, right? Like as in, it's this thing, isn't it strange? You can actually like be around a lot of people but yet you can feel lonely. You can be in community, but really nobody really, really, really knows you. You float in and out of church community. You know, um, we talk about spiritual maturity a lot, and a lot of you might, might go, oh, I'm very spiritual mature. Well, spiritual maturity will always lead to relational maturity. It will always lead to relational maturity. What does it take to have real relationships? Well, you, you might think that, uh, as I said, you read the Bible, you go to church, you pray a lot, but you know, to have real relationships, it requires a um, depth, uh, an, an ability to partner with each other and grow together. The greatest commandment we have is to love our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and love each other. Have real relationships with each other. Um, as we do it. And so as our prayer as a, uh, as a church team and leadership team is that we want to uh, cultivate environments of real relationships. That means, and you might be going, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that you can be yourself. You don't need to put on a mask. You don't need to put on your best show. It's just come as you are. We, we want to build it entrusted environments where people can be open and transparent. You know, in church, this is really important to be clear, we want to build environments where people can say no. You know how it's really hard sometimes in church environments to say no, but there's no manipulation, there's no, you know, rings and roundabouts. It's just if you want to say no to something, you can say no to something. In church environments, it's really important as we build, as we endeavour to build real relationships, there should be no upmanship as in someone is speaking down at you or you're speaking up at someone, or vice versa. There is mutual respect because we're all human, right? And so to build real relationships, you and I need to endeavour to love one another. We need to endeavour to grow in Christ. And you can't grow in Christ in isolation. We do it in community. So shall we get into today's word this morning in the passage of Scripture? We're going to look at Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 to 21. And... Um, how are you guys going? Good? Yeah? Good. How was you alive? Good? 
Yeah, fantastic. Hey, can I just say, uh, Damien and uh, even Bethany was actually on platform ministering yesterday at, our, at that Youth Alive event. Where and, and can I just say, yeah, we should put your hands here for them. I don't want to digress before we get in the way, but I will. Hey, when we talk about giving out 800 Bibles and 1,000 salvations, it's not really space for a golf clap, hey? Like, as in, it, we have to really get excited about these things. So no matter who is presenting these, uh, I guess, great things that are taking place, I would encourage us, get excited about it. Tell your soul, wake up, I should be excited about this. So listen, 800 Bibles were given out to young people last night. That's a good thing. A thousand young people gave their heart to Jesus, recommitted their lives to Jesus. That is an exciting thing. So next time it happens, um, we'll all learn together. Anyway, Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 to 21. This is what it says. When Joseph's brothers saw their father was dead, they said these words. They said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us because what happened was is that his brothers had um, sold him into slavery. They betrayed him. They wanted him dead. So it wasn't a really good setup. This, if you think you've got bad sibling rivalry, this is worse. Okay, I'm just letting you know. What if, they, what if he holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father sent these instructions. Other versions say, your father commanded you to do this. Now, most commentaries, most scholars would actually say that they made this up, that, they, that the father didn't actually say this because Joseph had spent time with the dad in, in between all this. But this is what the dad apparently said. He said, I ask that you forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly for selling you. You ended up in prison, but just forgive them, please. Now, forgive the sins of the servants of God of your father. When their message came to Joseph, Joseph wept. Now, whether he was weeping because his father had just passed, whether he was weeping because he could just see his brothers were so desperate, I'm not sure. But in the end, in verse 18, it goes on. His brothers then came before him and threw themselves down, just like the vision of Joseph predicted, you know, 10 verses earlier. And they said, we are your slaves. Please forgive us. We did you wrong. Like they really did him wrong. Like, you think your brother or sister or cousin was bad at Christmas? They did worse. Trust me. And what did Joseph say? Joseph said, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God. Everyone say, but God. That is the providence of God right there. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is being what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God had a purpose here. So then don't be afraid. He goes on to say, I will provide. I will be generous with you and your family. And he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. He forgave them and he moved on. Today, I want to talk about the mindset of forgiveness. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Like, aren't you going, oh, this is the one I really wanted to hear after you just have not spoken to someone for a really long time. The mindset of forgiveness. Because when you have real relationships, let me tell you something, someone's going to get real hurt. Someone's going to get really upset at times. Someone's going to offend you. I may have done it in the first four minutes. I'm so sorry. We're talking about forgiveness. We'll walk it through. You know, like, as in, but, but someone's going to betray you. 
Someone may even lie about you or to you. But the thing is, when we endeavour to have real relationships, we will have a mindset of forgiveness. Because can I say something? If you don't have a mindset of forgiveness, either this, a lot of things are getting swept under the carpet, and my wife in a few weeks is going to talk about false peace, and it's going to be a great message. Or potentially you have run away from many relationships because you have not forgiven others. So either you choose real relationships or it's really hard to walk in your house because the carpet is, there's a lot of things underneath. Or you keep moving and, you know, it's hard, it's, it's, it's again costly to move a lot. But anyway, so we're going to spend the next few moments talking about a mindset of forgiveness. Shall we pray? Lord God, I pray that they forgive me as we talk about this tense subject. But Lord, we know that you are going to speak this morning. You are going to move. So we place, uh, we place our expectation on you, God. We ask God that you will speak to us. Lord, for anyone dealing with unforgiveness, for anyone that's just walked right in and said, this is what I'm dealing with right now, I pray that it, they will be released from it this morning. Release us, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Um, again, because there's a lot of guests, uh, we have two kids, 18 months and three years old. Uh, Amara is on the front row at the moment. But um, Harley, we've got these cool toys. I say we because sometimes I play with them, sometimes I don't. Anyway, whatever. They're these magnetic tiles and you can build like, it's like Lego, but it's not, but they're really cool. Anyway, so um, not that I play with it a lot, once a week for an hour, whatever. Anyway, so we're building, uh, Harley loves building these towers. And what she does, she builds it to about knee high, my knee high, or a little bit higher. And she go, daddy, daddy, look, you know, she's great at construction. Three-year-old, I think she's gonna go into the industry. Anyway, Amara is also in construction, but she's on the demolition side. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, as in, so what happens is, is that Harley builds this beautiful tower of magnetic blocks. They look amazing, colour coordinated and everything. Then Amara comes along and just swings all around, you know, like, as in, and she's happy about it. She's so proud of herself. She's 18 months. She doesn't know what she's doing. Like, as in, and here's the thing. Harley has two responses at this point. One is she laughs. That is probably 1% of the time. The, 90, the other 99%, do you know what she does? She loses her mind, right? Like, as in she cracks it, she's like starting to throw the stuff at her and it just escalates. And then at this point, I stop being a kid and I have to play the parent, obviously. And so I go, sweetie, I, I say to Amara, who can't say anything, I say, Baba, say sorry. And she just keeps laughing and smiling, enjoying herself, whatever. And then I turn to Harley and I say, sweetie, she's just a baby. Like, as in, she doesn't know what she's doing. And I say things like this. Would you, would you just forgive her? Would you just let it go? Would you just move on? And I think this is my incredible parenting. But literally a minute later, they're acting like nothing happened. Isn't it... I know it's me. I'll, I'll write a book shortly and uh, how to tell off kids and how to get them. Free. But it's amazing. They, they're laughing together. They're like dancing around. They're starting to conjure up plans about how to get dad back or whatever it could be. And, and, and they've just forgiven. They've just moved on. They've just let it go. It's like a Frozen song. 
If you told an adult to do that, if, if I told you, just let it go, you'd be like, I'm gonna let you go something, you know, like as if, if, if I told you, just forget about it, you'd call me insensitive. If I told you, move on, just forgive, you'd be like, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know the story here. And as a father tells his kids, their young kids, and they are making up, they are hugging, they're kissing and they're playing. Guess what? Your heavenly father has a message for you today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, make allowance for each other. Over a hundred times, the Bible talks about how we are to forgive one another. Make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Oh boy. Remember, remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. That is your heavenly father, like how I would treat my kids. He's speaking to you today. And he's saying, just like how I forgave you, would you forgive anyone who offends you. C.S. Lewis wrote these words, I find them so true. We all agree, and you're gonna go home going, hey, the, the speaker spoke about forgiveness today, but we all agree forgiveness is a great idea until we have to practice it. Until it's Christmas lunch and you have to see that someone again. Until that special occasion comes along and you've gotta go and make friends or fake friends with however it goes. Here's my question today. Who has hurt you? Who springs to mind? Who has betrayed you? Who has unfairly treated you, potentially cheated on you, abused you? Maybe there's been a disagreement in life stages or life choices. Maybe you've been uh, betrayed by a family member, accused of something that you've never done. Maybe someone has made you suffer and someone has said, hey, you know what, this is all your fault. Maybe someone let you down. Let me tell you something here. Forgiveness is never automatic. Forgiveness is never automatic or accidental. It is a decision that you and I need to make every time and and in every moment. How do you know if you're struggling with forgiveness? Well, statistics would say actually 52% of people refuse to forgive. I don't know what side of the room this is, but I'll go on this side. They look more forgiving. Um, but, you know, like, as in, that's a scary thought. Like, as in 52% of people just go, I am not forgiving anyone. It's my choice. You know, they literally say that um, unforgiveness weighs you down physically weighs you down. If you're wondering how you're burning out, it's not just your workaholicism, if that's the word, or the perfectionism. The, top, the third reason why is unforgiveness. It literally weighs us down. And how do you know you might be struggling in this? Maybe you just sound bitter and resentful. Just ask a close friend how you're sounding in the last year, and they'll tell you. Maybe um, you continuously rep- replay what happened. You know how you just keep saying how right you were and how wrong they were? That's a a sign that you've got unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe you have visions of a payback. (laughs) 
And, and when you do that speech at that special occasion, and it's going to be a perfect speech. This, this payback's amazing. And there's a crowd behind you whenever you picture this, and they're cheering you on, and they're going, you're so right, and they are so wrong. Guess what? You are stuck in unforgiveness. You know, unforgiveness is a stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's anything that you feel bound to, trapped by, anything that you feel imprisoned by. You just can't let it go. Guess what? It's a stronghold, the stronghold of unforgiveness. But yet Joseph, no matter how badly he was treated by his brothers, betrayed, sold to slavery, he was able to keep this mindset of forgiveness. And so today, that's where we're going to spend time. How do, you keep, how do you create a mindset of forgiveness? Well, really quickly, number one is that you've got to choose to trust God, not play God. Watch what Joseph says here. But Joseph said to them, ask this rhetorical question, don't be afraid. Like, as in, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Like, am I God for your life? Like, as in, I think you've got this wrong. You see, Joseph was in a, in a place of authority over his brothers. Okay, he was the prime minister of Egypt. He had power over his brothers. But in this moment of great power, instead of powering up, he powered down. Instead of saying, I'm going to play God over their lives, I am going to be punisher and corrector. I'm going to keep them accountable for all that they've done wrong, which he could have. It was his job. It was his duty. He had every excuse, every reason to do it. He chose to power down. You know, when many of us play God in other people's lives, we're not very good at it. You know, when we play God, wait, when God plays God, he chooses grace. When we play God, you and I, we choose judgment and condemnation. I think we sometimes forget that we were saved by grace. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners who needed saving. But yet you and I, we can barely show grace in a car park. But yet we want, and we want to play God in everyone's lives. You see, when God chooses to play God, he chooses grace with us. When we choose to play God, it's judgment and condemnation. What is judgment? You might, you're going, I don't struggle with judgment. Well, let me give you a definition of judgment. It's a critical thought or word. Some of you in the last 10 minutes have been judgmental and uh, it's very disappointing. I'm just joking. Luke chapter 6, verse 37, this is, this is what it says. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. There's this pastor and preacher named Chuck Swindle. I'm sure some of you have heard of him. And he was preaching four nights straight at a conference in California. And anyway, at the start of the, the speaking arrangement, um, this gentleman came up to him and said, hey, Chuck, I am your biggest fan and was like just really telling him how great he was. And then he sits in the front row Five minutes into the preaching, this gentleman falls asleep, front and centre. Chuck knew he travelled 10 hours that day, so he kind of just let it go. He was like, you know, whatever takes place, takes place, etc., etc. The second night, this gentleman comes in front and centre, right where you are, Amelia. I just want to put that out there. Anyway, don't fall asleep. Anyway, and, and, and literally, 
Like, he falls asleep again, five minutes in. Chuck is now kind of getting a bit offended. Would you, I would get offended if, let's not talk about that. Um, but, you know, like, I think he was upset. He's going, why would this guy do this? Third night in, he's doing it again, and, and he's fallen asleep. Fourth night, he's done it again. Now, Chuck is going home, and he is working out how he's going to deal with this guy that keeps falling asleep on the front row, snoring 15 minutes in. Anyway, the last night, this pastor, he just says, I'm going to V-line this fella and we're going to talk this out. And just, at, he would have been around where Dave is, right? The, the, the gentleman's wife steps in and says, hey, can I just have a quick word? And Chuck's like, yeah, of course. And she's like, hey, I just wanted to apologise for my husband. I know he's been falling asleep and, and Chuck's like, yeah, he has been falling asleep and I don't know how you deal with him at night. Like, anyway, and so he's like kind of going, yeah, I, I totally get it. You should be sorry. And the lady continued, this wife continued, said, listen, just to give you context, he's currently been diagnosed with terminal cancer. The medication that his doctors have put him on constantly put him to sleep. He has two weeks to live. The last thing he wanted to do was hear you preach. Chuck writes in his book, if he could have crawled under a rock at that point, he would have. But it challenged me to think, how often are we judging people and we have no idea what's taking place in their lives? When we decide to, uh, to live a life of unforgiveness, we're literally playing judgment on someone else's life and we have no idea what's taking place and it's not saying what they did was okay. But it doesn't mean you have to hold them there. You know, you know, if judgment sounded bad, condemnation is far worse. Condemnation means we hope bad things happen to someone. And some of you are going, I've never wished a bad thing upon anyone. Trust me, if I give you a few illustrations, you'd go, I probably have. But the thing is, is that when we have a condemning spirit, sometimes it comes across like this. And we don't say it out loud, but this is what takes place. We say things like, or we think we don't want them to succeed. We're thinking about someone going, I hope they don't succeed. Or maybe it's this idea that, you know, we want their business, their relationship, their career to fail because they didn't do things your way. You're hoping one day that this person comes back to you and says, you were right, I was wrong. Guess what? It's condemnation. And I know this is not nice to hear, but you and I, we don't play a good God. We don't play a good God while God is so gracious with us. You didn't do anything to earn salvation. We didn't do anything. But yet, when we judge others, when we play God in other people's lives, we choose condemnation and judgment. We choose these harsh ways and we forget that we were saved by grace, by the blood of Jesus. When we should have been judged, Jesus took our judgment. When we should have been condemned, Jesus took our judgment and punishment. It's like this takes place, though, when unforgiveness sets in. It's like when someone offends you, you grab that person by the hand and you walk them over to a prison in your mind. And you put them in there, you lock the door, and you say, stay there, I'm going to play judge and jury for your life. I have a couple of things to say about this. Firstly, you need to release them. 
Secondly, you need to release yourself. Surprisingly, and, and, and I know some of you already know this, but they're not in there. They're not in the prison. You have stayed there wasting your time, your heart, your emotion, your future, your energy. Let me tell you something. The prison's empty. You were stuck in offence. You were stuck in unforgiveness and God wants to release you. It's time to let them walk. And it's time to release yourself from this burden. Don't avenge yourselves. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Do we trust that God is in control? You see, the mindset of a forgiver is to say, God, I am not going to play God. I'm just going to trust you. The second mindset of a forgiver is not only that we choose to trust him, but we choose victory, not a victim mentality. Victory, not a victim mentality. Forgiveness has a mindset of victory, but unforgiveness has you stuck as the victim. You know, when you're a forgiver, you never lose. When, you're, when, you, when you choose a life of forgiveness, you will never lose. You intended to harm me, verse 20 says, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know, Joseph had every right to play the victim, to say, hey, woe is me. I can't believe this has happened to me and stay stuck there. But here's the thing of his belief system that took place. His belief system always said, I am never going to forget God's providence. God's providence. God's providence, in, in a nutshell, is to say that he is in control of everything. He's in control of everything. And this is how you can sum it up in three words, is that you intended to harm me. Everyone say harm. You intended to harm me, but God. Everyone say God intended it for good. Every time something bad happens, let me tell you something, when God gets involved, He turns it for good. That is the providence of God summed up in three words. Evil took place, but God got involved and He turned it for my good. He was placed in a pit. He was sold into slavery, but God got involved and He elevated him out. He was betrayed and he was lied about. He was cancelled out, but God got involved and gave him influence over a nation. When you believe in the providence of God, you will always know that he is in control. Bad things happen, yes, but when God gets involved, things turn around. All things God works for good for those who love him. The second thing that, that Joseph reminded himself about is not just the providence of God, but, but God's plan and purpose. His plan and purpose. It says here that you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good for the saving of many lives. You know, Pastor Alan Davies, he spoke so well last week, but this is what he was talking about last week. All things that happened to Joseph, they weren't good. Bad things are going to happen. You, when you gave your heart to Jesus, it didn't mean a perfect life. We know that, right? Like, as in, when we gave our heart to Jesus, it means that He is with us always through every season on mountaintops and in valleys. But it doesn't mean that things are going to be easy. God can use every single moment in our lives to accomplish His plans. Many of us, we get caught in a narrow lens. Narrow lens says, but, but He broke up with me. 
or she broke up with me. And all of a sudden we get stuck in the me, me, me. I can't believe this is happening to me. Let me tell you something. God sees a wide lens view of your story. And he's saying to you, hey, listen, I know the breakup was bad, but I have a plan to show you what healthy relationships look like. I have a plan to show you what it would be like to to just lean on me for this next season and I'll show you what I have for you. Potentially when you have a narrow lens view, you're saying, I'm being mistreated at work. I'm unfairly treated. I've been unfairly dismissed. It's, it's real. And you've got to acknowledge these emotions. But it's a narrow lens view. God has a wide lens view. And he's saying, hey, I'm going to promote you through godly character. Watch how I promote you and give you influence in your career and in your industry. But you just have to believe and trust in his plan and purpose. He has a plan and purpose for your life. God has a purpose for the pit. God has a purpose for the prison. And it was all so that Joseph could end up in a palace. It was all so that Joseph could end up in a palace. It would be so that he could save many lives, his own brother's lives, the nation, and many others. With every plan of God, there is his purpose. If you're going through a difficult time at the moment, I want to encourage you. Would you ask the Holy Spirit? Would you ask God this morning, whoever has offended you, whoever you just can't let go of and you're in this stronghold of unforgiveness, I want to to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit this morning. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to learn from this pain? What are you showing me in this pit, in this prison? What are you walking me through? Would you reveal your wide lens view? We're going to close this morning. I'm going to invite the worship team up. A mindset of forgiveness. We don't choose to play God, but we choose to trust God. A mindset of forgiveness says that I'm going to choose and, uh, to believe in the providence of God, his plans and his purpose. The final thing of a mindset of forgiveness is that he chooses to let it go. And this is kind of where we started, but Joseph showed forgiveness at work with words and action. And this is what it says in verse 21. So then, don't be afraid. This is Joseph's words to his brothers. I will provide for you and your family. See, Joseph chose to provide and be generous with his brothers and extended family. That is forgiveness. When Joseph's son was born, he actually named him Manasseh. And Manasseh means one who chooses to forget. And literally, this was a statement moment for Joseph. And he was saying, I'm not looking back anymore. I am letting this go. I am choosing to forget. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to move on. I'm going to forgive. For some of us, It requires you to literally say the words, I forgive you. For others, you might have to say sorry. For many people in this room, you might need to send an SMS, an email, a really long letter. Maybe you've got to extend that invitation to that birthday that you chose to keep them off that list. Maybe it's just time to look that person in the eye again and be able to just say something kind. Do something kind for them and release 
forgiveness. Release yourself from this stronghold in your life. About, I don't know, three months ago, I'm having this conversation with this young gentleman who's about to get married. And um, we were talking about weddings and invitation lists and stuff like that. And literally after a few minutes, he, it became apparent to me that this gentleman had no relationship with his father. And he clarified for me, he had not spoken to his dad in 15 years. And I kind of wasn't really sharing what was going on. I said, oh, you know, do you see your dad like at, at special occasions? Or, you know, do you see him in key moments of life? And the next thing that he said made my heart sink in this moment as I realised the, the stronghold of unforgiveness. He said to me that I see my dad all the time. He walks past my shop every second week, but they have not spoken 15 years and I began to imagine I began to think and God began to minister to me about how many people are struggling in this stronghold of unforgiveness how many people are not willing to move on and to look at our word and say God just as you forgave me I'm going to let this go I'm going to forgive others will you make a decision today to let it go would you make a decision to have a mindset of forgiveness to move on to release them to extend grace to them I need everyone to stay for this for the rest of the service we'll finish in like 13 minutes I promise We're going to do a salvation call right now. But then after this, we're going to, it's it's going to be in your seat response. And if you want forgiveness to flow in your life, if you want to break the stronghold of unforgiveness, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. But right now, I want to give everyone an opportunity to commit their life to Jesus, to make a decision to follow Jesus. So right now, would you just bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Many of us can be like Joseph's brothers and assume that God wants to punish you. He wants to condemn you. But as I said earlier, God is a God of mercy and grace. We could never earn our way to salvation. We could never deserve to be saved. But God loved us so much that He chose to forgive you, to pay for your sin die on a cross, take our punishment so that we could be saved. On the cross, Jesus gave His life and paid for your sins. And He rose again so that we could have eternal life. And this is what Jesus is saying to some people in this room today. He wants to reveal Himself to you and He's saying to you, I am God. If you ever doubted it, the Holy Spirit is encouraging you. He's pointing you to Jesus and saying, hey, this is your Saviour. And He saves through love and grace. Jesus is saying to you today that victory comes through me. And He wants relationship with you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, and you want to make a decision for Jesus to follow Him, would you just lift your hand right now? 
and we're going to pray together. Yeah, anyone else? Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. I see that hand at the back. Anyone else across this room? Yes. As one family, would you repeat this prayer after me? Lord, this day, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. So today, I give my life to You. I ask that You save me. Come live in me as I choose to walk with You for the rest of my life. I believe that You're alive today. So come alive in my heart. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for the few people that made a decision for Jesus? If you wanna connect with us, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to walk with you on this journey. If you know someone that put their hand up, could I encourage you, real relationships requires real discipleship. And that is where we rub shoulders with one another and walk out our journeys with others. I wanna leave you with this image this morning and this is what I saw. Every time unforgiveness takes place, every time that person that you just kinda don't speak to anymore, that you've struggled to let go, that is imprisoned with your judgment, your condemnation, this is what takes place. An invisible backpack is placed on your backs. And some of you have been carrying these backpacks for weeks, months, years. And this is what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about today. He's, he's saying today, He wants to cut the straps. He wants it to drop off you. But you have to be willing to release. You have to be willing to forgive. You have to be willing to let it go. Because in this backpack, there is bitterness. There is the past hurts. There is the pain, there's the judgment, there's the condemnation, there's the pits, there's the prisons, there's all the reasons why, and it's affecting the way you walk, the way you hold yourself. It is affecting everything that you do. And whoever it is, it is time to cut the straps. Right now, would everyone just stand to their feet? just out of respect for everyone and your neighbour, everyone around you, would everyone in this room close their eyes just for the next few moments? And right now, if you feel like the stronghold of unforgiveness is something that you've been carrying in your life, I want you to lift both hands right now. bold this morning. Do not worry about the person next to you. This is between you and God. Hands going up everywhere. Do not be ashamed of this moment. This is a beautiful moment of saying, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. God, I want you to cut the straps of this unforgiveness in my life. If, you're, if the backpack has been heavy, it's about to become a lot lighter. If bitterness has began to take place, let me tell you something, it's about to wash off you this morning. 
just going to count to three. And on three, I believe that the straps will be cut this morning of many people's lives. One, as you have forgiven us, God, we choose a, a mindset, a lifestyle of forgiveness. Lord God, as we receive grace, we extend and we release grace in other people's lives too. Lord God, we pray that bitterness washes off this morning. Condemnation washes off. Remove judgment from our hearts, Lord. We want to live like You, a mindset of forgiveness. Three, the straps are cut. The straps are cut. The bags are hitting the back of your heels and they're disappearing. You are being released right now in the mighty Name of Jesus. We declare that this stronghold will be broken. We will never be the same again. Our futures are brighter. Our futures are different. We are being released into freedom. There will be no more judgments. There will be no more condemnation. We are living a life of freedom. We are living a life of forgiveness in every circumstance, in every season. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.